AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, this is the Inflection Collective. All of us are connected, reflective, real life perspective, respected. The banter, the chit chat, no cap, it's big facts, so kick back. This here is done there, been there. All right, welcome back to the Done There Been That podcast. This is uh, episode eight, Mike Hill, hanging out with the great, talented Eunice Elliott. What's going on, Eunice? Not much, Mike. How have you been? I have been. We'll get to that in just a second, but we got a dope episode for you guys. First of all, thank you for all the support and all the love and all the comments that you're leaving on our social media page as well. Uh, our YouTube page, continue to subscribe, continue to comment, continue to support the Done There Been That podcast. Got a great episode we're talking to some uh, great topics. Of course, the Super Bowl we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about emotions, one of uh, Eunice's favorite uh, topics to talk about. We're going to talk about Deion Sanders uh, and his sons buying him a, a mansion in Colorado. And we got a special guest to talk about that. The great Bomani Jones is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Uh, the Super Bowl is set. I'm a, I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed because the Chiefs and the Niners in it. Nothing against the Chiefs or the Niners, so don't come for, for me, their fans. But I wanted a, I wanted a Detroit Baltimore Super Bowl just because of their fans. You wanted that Cognac Bowl, yeah, that Cognac Bowl. <laughs> I wanted the Hennessy Bowl. You know what I mean? I wanted some the Cigar Bowl. I wanted some uh, now later Gator Bowl, but uh, that did not happen. Uh, so a little disappointed in Baltimore because uh, they kind of didn't show up when they needed to show up in the biggest game of the year. And, of course, Detroit, I don't want to say they choke, but, you know, when you got a 17-point lead in a game like that, <laughs> that magnitude, yeah, things That was happen. rough. That was things rough happen. to watch. I, I didn't have a dog in either fight, but watching that, that Lions game, you know, you saw the fans being excited, like, we finally made it, and to see it just go away, it was – I actually felt bad. I really yeah, did. Yeah. So so that, that was my question. Since this is the uh, Done There, Been That podcast, we always talk about, like, ways to make it seem like you've been in that position before. Have you ever been in a position where you were in a big spot, a spot you've been waiting for for a long time or maybe even your entire life? And you get that one opportunity and for some reason 
you did not nail it or didn't come through or things didn't go as planned? Well, I would say every audition I've ever had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's not because of any shortcoming or failing on my part. It's just that wasn't my time. That wasn't my opportunity. Um, but I will tell you, a lot of times people ask me, do I get nervous before I go on stage? And I don't. But the reason why I don't is when I was a very young person, just, you know, doing public speaking, you know, in school and in classes, I would get really nervous and I would not do it as well as I knew I could do it. And it would mm. just eat me up right after I finished. I was like, oh, I knew how to do it. And my nerves took me out of that. So I tend to get nervous after I've done something big because mm. nerves don't serve me. Some people nerves, you know, serve them. It calls that adrenaline boost and it makes yeah. them better. Nerves do not serve me well. So I do not allow myself to get nervous, but a lot of times I have gotten off some big stages and then I look back and say, whew, I can't believe I did that. But wow. I would say, I don't think I've had the big moment that I didn't rise to the occasion. Most of my auditions, I tend to do them especially great right after I, I do the audition and get in the car and I do it again. I'm like, Oh, that was it. That was the one right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I, about I, you? What about nerves, you? Nerves are great for me. I love nerves. I, I, I'm, that's why I'm always so hyped because I have nervous energy. So I'm like, if you don't see me right now with my legs are under the table and I'm always moving. So I love that, but I use that as that energy and it used me to kind of keep the adrenaline going. Cause sometimes my mind kind of zones out or whatnot, but I have been in a position once before I, I, I finally got a show when I got here to Fox, right? ESPN was there just toiling, doing all these different shows at ESPN, doing every show in a, bit, a building, but I never got my show. And so when I finally got here to Fox, I finally got my show after about a year and a half. They, well, about a year. They gave me a show. It was called the America's Pregame. And it was my show hosting. And I felt like I did not nail it the way I should have. And the reason why I didn't nail it the way I should have, because I didn't take ownership of it. I tried to make it a show where I had a co-host. Well, she wasn't my co-host, but she was a newsreader on the show. And I tried to make her the co-host. And my agent, my manager kept saying, stop giving her so much credit. And I wasn't trying to hate her. I was just trying to make her feel part of the team. And I should have taken full advantage of that. I should have like taken about a horns and basically said, no, this is my opportunity. This is my show. But because I guess I was too unselfish, I allowed the opportunity to get away from me and not put my stamp on it and put my name on it the way I needed to. So I've always said that if I get an opportunity, Another opportunity like that where I actually get a show like America's pregame where I can host something where I really can take ownership of. I'm definitely going to do that from here on out. And uh, so I felt like I was the Detroit Lions back in the day when America's pregame finally got canceled. Now, it got canceled because they wanted to go into the direction of more debate. But what I should have done is taken that show, which was kind of previewing all of the the, the night's uh, games, big games for that that evening and made it a little bit more of a conversation, made it a little bit more of a debate, put my stamp on it and made myself a little bit more memorable. And I promise I will never do that again. So if I'm ever in that position again, I won't fail. Detroit Lions, you're ever in that position again, the NFC Championship game, don't fail. Get to the Super Bowl and win it on. That's a lesson for all of us right there. And I think also, you know, there's no one moment, especially in a team sport, uh, you can have that, you know, missed last field goal or a fumble or interception, all those things. But it's, it's you played the 60 minutes, it's a collection of each moment. And I just hate mm -hmm. when people do fall short that then it comes down on the person that the, the time ran out on. You know, it's like, hey, we've been playing for 60 minutes. Everybody had a job. Everyone has to execute. I, I think I don't have kids, but I always my heart breaks for the field goal kicker who misses it, you know, especially in college and he becomes the pariah of the team. And I'm like, listen, right. there was a reason why we needed the field goal. Y'all didn't do what y'all needed to do the whole time. I've been over here stretching, you know? And so I think uh, in most situations in team sports, 
everybody, you know, has a different thing that they can think of what they would have done. It's a little bit tougher when you are an individual and you feel like you didn't step up Mm -hmm. to that can sometimes eat you up. But I honestly believe that everything happens exactly the way it should, the wins, the losses, and you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. And so it's like, Hey, just charge it to the game. And, uh, it might, it might not even make it as a scene in my made for TV movie. Who knows? I don't give it too much energy. I, I agree. I, I think some, like you said, your losses are just as important because, like I said last week, sometimes when you're down in the dumps, man, those are the times when you, you learn your best lessons that will prepare you for that next shot. The only issue is you don't know when that next shot is going to happen or if. But you you'll know you'll be ready. Again. But you, you know, know that you've you'll been be prepared. Ready. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Somebody give me another show oh, out look, there. Look at what I'm saying. Look at Mike. Is this his? Is it, he's shooting yeah, his yeah. shot right oh, now. I'm shooting my shot. I'm ready. Let me know. Producers out Mike, there, if you Mike's need somebody to talk show, not just sports, uh, <laughs> pop culture, entertainment, lifestyle, relationships. Y'all know how great I am with relationships. You need to come holler at your boy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. We are excited to uh, have a guest with us today. Absolutely. Our first guest on Done There Been That. The first ever guest. And we are so honored to have this guy on as a guest because he is, well, he's he's doing his thing. He's been doing his thing for years at ESPN and other outlets, HBO. This guy is phenomenal at everything he does, not just in sports, but about the culture. Uh, he is the host of The Right Time with Bomani Jones. Everybody knows him already. He needs no introduction, but we're going to give it to him right now. Bomani Jones hanging out with us here on the uh, Done There Been That podcast. What's up, Bomani? 
Hey, man, I'm doing all right. How about y'all? But we cannot complain. We cannot. I would be much better. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. If I was primetime Deion Sanders, man, if I had kids like prime. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, but uh, the other day uh, it was announced on uh, Instagram. They put it out on uh, the um, ESPN page that Deion Sanders, who, of course, is the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, his kids, his boys, Deion Jr., Shador and Shiloh, actually bought him a mansion in Colorado. Dion came out. He was talking about how happy he was and how blessed that they were passing along to him or whatnot, and they were happy to give it to him. But the reaction, Bomani, has not been what I thought it would be when it comes to some good boys trying to show their dad some love. And I'm wondering how you feel about that. I'm pretty sure you've seen the clip, and I'm wondering what you think about that and your take on that. Oh, it's the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen in my life. I, 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 and look. They are allowed to do whatever they want with their money. It's kind of weird that they have enough money to buy a house befitting of Deion Sanders. That's a whole different discussion for another day. And if that's what they want to do, they are allowed to do whatever they want with their money. I personally will be damned if I'm buying a house for a rich person. That's just not <laughs> something I'm about to do here, right? Like, and if I'm and if I'm dead, I am like, yo, thanks, but no thanks, fellas. Like, my father always said this, and this is important that children are not supposed to be responsible for the well-being of their parents, right? Mm, That's just not mm. how this game is supposed to go. And a lot of us live unhealthily because that is how we wind up being. I'm not saying we myself, I'm not telling on myself, but you understand what I'm talking about. We all know those people and buying your father a house to me is Mm. just a little bit different, right? It couldn't be me. Would not be me. My daddy wouldn't take the house. It's just a little odd, but again, okay. You get to be as stupid as you want to be. That's your option in this country. So, Eunice, go ahead. I'm going to let you go ahead and say what you got to say about it. How do you feel about it? You agree with Bomani? Um, I don't agree or disagree. I literally don't care. But I know we were going to talk about the comments and people's reactions to it. And so, you know, I think how you react to what you consume on social media is more a reflection of how you feel about yourself. So somebody saw that clip and was inspired. Somebody else was, you know, excited. Somebody else was upset or annoyed. So I feel like, you know, Bomani's opinion is based on how he feels and what his dad told him. And so I think everybody who's making their comments is based on how they feel about it. Now, if you have money and you buy somebody something, whose business is that other than you and the person you gave it to? So mm. I literally don't care. Oh. Now, do I think that college kids being able to afford things like that and buying things for millionaires, you know, we see it all the times uh, with celebrity couples, especially when they share what gifts they give to each other when all of them can buy it themselves. Yeah, that whole thing is weird in general, but, you know, sign me up for a mansion. Anybody who wants to buy me a mansion, I am accepting it. Send it. No, let, let, me, let me just say this right fast, though. You mm-hmm. say it's none of our business, except for the fact that they told us, mm-hmm. right? We right. didn't snoop around. We didn't snoop around to find out that this is what they do. They went out of their way to tell us. You can't say it's not just their business. They did this for people to talk about it and to have opinions because they wanted us to know. Once you decide you want people to know, you got to deal with what happens and what people know. You can't tell them how they're supposed to react to it, you know? So right. I don't care in the way that you don't care, but at the same time, I can acknowledge. This wild, bro. I find this to be wild. I mean, but, but how wild is it? How wild, wild is it, though? Like, you know, you're talking about this is the way of the world right now. These are some kids right now that are making millions of dollars because of this is the way of culture in the college football ranks right now when it comes to NIL. Shador Sanders was thought to make them for reportedly 4 to $5 million last year just alone 
on his endorsements at the University of Colorado. And he's going to be making more money when he goes to the NFL eventually uh, when he's drafted uh, as a first-round pick, we'll assume, next year. What is the difference in this, Bomani, and somebody saying, hey, you know what? You know, I, I finally made it. You did this so much for me uh, as a kid, mama, daddy. Let me buy you a house. I don't care if he's rich or not. Because the people who, because the people who normally do that are poor. They don't like, like you, you don't hear about none of these such and such juniors whose dad played in the league. Arch Manning ain't gonna buy no house for Peyton and Eli. That's, that's preposterous. I get that, but if he wants to show his dad the love, or they show the dad the love that their dad gave to them, raising them to get to get them to this point, maybe they don't feel like they're in this position unless their dad put it together for them to raise them in the right proper way to get them to the point when it comes to their uh physical being their mental being uh their 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 uh, intellectual being or whatnot to be able to put themselves in that position to be able to get this money to be able to give their dad something back in return it's just a gesture at the end of the day so maybe a lot of I things think that- it's their love language though right there yep. it's their love language Dion is a flashy guy it's it a, was a flashy and he did they didn't buy him a watch <laughs> <laughs> they had like not even a car, okay? Right. A not just a house, by the way, a mansion. A mansion. And yes, and yes, Dion did a lot. I, you know, in line with what you talk about. But first of all, uh, Dion Junior. He ain't going to the league. He's a social media man. Let's start there. Well, we don't okay? know what so this. We don't, not, this. Oh, yeah, we, we don't know how much you think. <laughs> number number two, Mike, you worked in sports like I've worked in sports. Mm-hmm. We both know good and damn well you can't be assuming first round pick money is coming down the line. And I, I don't know if Shiloh Sanders is an NFL defensive back. I don't really hear all that talk. They may be making all this money right now. That's cool. It would be wise of them to stack some of that money up rather than right. buying a house for somebody who got a house and got yeah. a five million dollar a year job. Me again. Not the way that I would give get down, but they show love. Like you say, they love language is different than the way that I would show love. I just know this for real. My daddy would not accept this. Period. Not under those circumstances. No <laughs> chance. Yeah, I think it's just a case of, you know, we we don't know uh, what their future holds. You know, Uh, you would hope everyone is being financially prudent. And, you know, Dion has never been one of those athletes that has shared necessarily that he's gone broke. He's always been a very flashy guy. And And so maybe they know something we don't know that he's been able to teach them something about money Mm -hmm. that they have a lot of money to blow. Absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing. We got to understand you're in Colorado. Colorado's house prices aren't like California's house prices. Mike, Mike, I mean, Mike, I'm just saying Mike, it could Mike, be a Mike, couple Mike, million Mike, dollars to get Mike, you a Mike. nice mansion ain't, in Colorado. Ain't nobody talking in all these circles to try to make this seem normal, except for the fact that it's about Dion. No, it's not normal. This is weird old Dion stuff again, popping up oh, to the surface. On this, see, and I'm just I, not going to act like it's normal. So if it wasn't Dion, if it was somebody else, if it was Art Banning buying a house for his dad, would you if feel the was, same way? Here's my question for you if it was anybody else, would this be happening? Uh, probably so. I mean, we'll probably talk about it. Arch Manning buying all, his house, all, all, buying a all house these, with his dad. All these, all these athletes whose kids are now getting on, and we seeing them all over the place. When you heard about any of them buying a daddy a house, hey, and, and maybe what, they just what, didn't share it, maybe they may, just maybe didn't, they share didn't share it on share. social media. Who, who is the one out of all of these that we done heard about? Who we done heard about buying their daddy a house? Well, maybe they just don't Let have good kids out there. I would, I would say, no. I want my kids. I told you, man, my well, kids have jobs. <laughs> I have taken care of my kids all their lives. They got good money, and all I got in is a shirt. 
But I'm appreciative of that shirt. Don't get me wrong. But that's, what, but that's how. But, but you let know. Me for this but you idea. know that's what it's supposed to be. But you know that's the game, man. Like Audi well, having kids, but you know idea. that's the game. Mm-hmm. Let me Where offer this idea. More than likely, these children have been growing up in mansions their whole lives. They probably have been having conversations about you work hard, you go buy a mansion. One day, y'all will be able to buy me a mansion. Yes. Maybe that was just a moment that they say, hey, guys, let's buy dad a mansion because we always talked about growing up, working hard, and being in a position to do what he's been able to do for us. I think it was a gesture, a sentiment. Does Deion Sanders need a house? Does he need help buying a house? Is he a millionaire? All those things are non-debatable, right? But I think it was a gesture. They are a flashy family. That is what they are known for. And I think some people were inspired. Some people were disgusted. And, uh, you know, again, they can do what they want to do. If I went to dinner with Deion Sanders, and I've been making a lot of money for a long time. If I went to dinner with Deion Sanders, I'll be damned if I reach for my wallet. (laughs) But it's the gesture. It's the gesture. I ain't, pretend, I ain't you, pretending to reach you, for my you, wallet with Di. You, you can't spend. You can't spend your. You can't spend your whole adult life throwing your money in my face and think I'm throwing any of it back. But these Not are his children. He spent his life taking care of these but children. That's the point. They are his children. You're not supposed to be taking stuff back like that from your children. That's your job. That's what you are there to do. Is to well, buy stuff for them. Well, maybe they just put the down payment on the house, and maybe Dion's going to take care of the payments from here on out. What kind of gift is that? Understand? What kind of gift is that? I got you. Thirty years, thirty years of beholdenness to the bank. That's what I bought you. That that hold on that he can afford and that he's going to make equity because real estate always makes equity. So give me twenty percent on a three million dollar mansion, and that's and that's exactly my point as to why if he can afford the note, don't buy my. I can. This is a level of this weirdo yes. capitalist by somebody at LLC is a gift culture that I just can't subscribe to. But, I just can't. Hold, 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 hold. Maybe it'll be some big equity. What do I need anybody else's money for? He doesn't. And that's he does what it. Once it again, it, that, it that's what makes sentiment. But that's what makes the gift even better is because he does not need it. But his his kids who got so much back from Dion growing up. Being put in this position because of Prime, a lot of the notoriety they get is because of Prime. The NIL money they get is because of Prime, not just because of and, this is the, and see, this is the whole. This is my whole problem with everything around Dion. It's always because of Dion. Every single thing. This he's not like That's a cult leader. It's not like you talk about a cult leader right now. He's not a everything cult leader. that everything that they got goes back to Dion. It ain't none of their hard work. It ain't none of their talent. It ain't none of that. These boys no. may not be able to. Uh, these boys might not have a mansion for themselves by the time it's all said and done. But they got to pay back their debt to Dion and grown people. Act like this is okay. It is not okay. Here's the thing. If they if it doesn't work out, they can go back home and live in that mansion that they're paying for, that they pay for. I mean, so that's equity once again. For this, everybody that you know and love in your life has a different thing that they appreciate. You might buy somebody a pair of shoes or give somebody a gift card based on what you know they enjoy. They grew up with a flashy dad <laughs> who likes mansions. And so, guess what? They're still young. They don't know what's all available. And so, in their minds, they could buy them a chain. They wanted to do some old flashy stuff that we know Dion like. They could get them a chain. They could get them some Gucci. There's all kinds of... Okay, so... so, so. 
I, I've been in this place. I, hold, hold on, no, I got to admit, I got to admit, I've been in this place many times in my life, and I know what's going on. Yuna's just throwing anything all out there, just so, hey, but what about, hey, but what about, hey, but what about? I don't live that life. The relationship between a father and a son, we don't know their relationship. We don't right. know their love language. We don't know what they've talked about, and this was a dream that they said, hey, one day, boys, you'll be able to meet me. Why we hear it all? Why we hear it all? We don't know nothing, and we can't say nothing because we don't know their love languages. Why am I here? I'm saying, I'm saying to you, yes, it's flashy. Yes, it might be obnoxious, but we don't know the backstory of why those kids would have done that at this time for their dad. We don't know. They just said, hey, they bought me a mansion. And, what I spent these last 10 minutes if, talking if they, about this. If, that's if, all if, I'm if, asking. That's all I'm they, asking. Last, last comment. If they bought him a chain, they bought him a chain for $200,000, $300,000 with all the bling out and the watches and all that type of stuff like why not buy him some real estate that's going to grow in in, in investment? Why I not find it all to be in poor taste myself. That's okay. my own personal opinion. Okay. I find it all to be in poor taste. So you raise a fair point. It would be far more logical to put $300,000 on a house than to put it on a chain. But one thing we both know is ain't by D.I. no damn $300,000 house. D.I. would not wipe his keister with the toilet paper in a $300,000 house. <laughs> But that's the down payment. That's what I'm saying. It could be the down payment if it's a $2 million. I'm saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, Bo, I appreciate you, man. I ain't even going into a $1.5 million house. 20% of that. Ain't doing. I don't know what the real estate in Colorado is. could be pretty good. And like I said, they could just put the down payment on. Anyway, we don't know the whole thing. But once again, here's the thing. We're talking about it, which we probably shouldn't be talking about because it really ain't our business. Like you said, they put it out there well, for no, our business. For them. But it is to comment, right? what they want to spend their money on is up to them. That's how I feel. You're right. right. I agree. They yeah. get to do whatever they want. And I get to say whatever I want. And they 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 sound like some weirdos. I'm not <laughs> saying they are weirdos. But they sound like some weirdos. This is weird to me. Some rich ones. Bo, that's why we love you, man, because you know what? You are not afraid to speak your mind, my brother, man. Keep on being your unadulterated, just straight shooting self, man. We love you. We appreciate you, man. Where can we? I know we're watching uh, The Right Time with Bomani Jones in the podcast. What else you got going on for us real quick? Man, that's the big thing right now. Check us out. We on YouTube, also available uh, wherever you can get uh, your fine podcast. That's the best way to find me right now. My man, Bomani Jones. Always great seeing you, brother. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. Bomani Jones, man. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back with more Than There Been That. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you 
every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. You know, I got something to say about men talking about relationships. When I tell you, there is nothing that almost burns my heart as much as when men have microphones and they're talking about relationships. Okay, so you're talking about Shaquille O'Neal, and this was interesting to yes, me because I'm talking about all y'all, but all yeah, right us. now we're going to talk about Shaquille well, O'Neal. I, yeah. Well, I think men are in relationships too. Do we have not? Do we not have a right no, to say continue, something? About, continue, okay, continue, okay. continue. I'm, the clip. Track. Continue the I'm not going to get on track. So Shaquille O'Neal on his podcast, you know, he had a uh, Country Wayne, a comedian, a very funny guy, and they were talking about relationships and how Shaq does not open up to a woman when he's in a relationship and this is and country Wayne agreed and, and, and country concurred. Wayne, well, well, here's a clip. This is Shaq talking to country Wayne on his podcast about the reason why he does not open up in his relationships. You don't think you've ever had someone that you really could trust and really open up, open up to a woman. Yeah. Never. No, never. When's the last time you think you've opened up to a woman? We don't. In your whole life. Bro. I'm telling you. Oh, no. And they're going to tell you you can't. Because you know why? Because once you do, whenever something goes down, they're going to throw it back in your face. Well, that's I've had that's that. why. That's why. So you can't ever. That's why you cry because your dad yeah, yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Even business, ever. though. Like, yeah. that, that rule even go for business. Oh, like, you stay up, your contracts keep coming. So it's just a universal law. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Eunice, I'll let you take it. Because one time when he was 12... Most Mm. men's trauma about women and relationships was formed and informed from when they were little kids on the playground. And they had the devastation of when they were 12 and the little girl didn't like him back or embarrass him in front of the class. And so in our 40s and our 50s, we are reaping the repercussions Mm -hmm. of a man not healing, not Mm -hmm. going on his own journey. Now, for most women, our most recent heartache or the thing that most recently informed how we feel about men and relationships probably happened last year. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. so that's the unfortunate part. And beyond that, the way we raise young men in this society, in this country, little boys are not allowed to cry. They aren't allowed mm-hmm. to be expressive. They aren't allowed to dance or do whatever could be creative to a child. And so they grow up with a very limited, stunted existence. If you are a human, you have emotions. Do I believe some women have thrown a man's emotions back in his face? Absolutely. But do I believe that woman was raised in the same society that tells folks that men aren't supposed to cry and aren't supposed to be vulnerable <laughs> and aren't supposed to share? And I'm telling you, every time I see that a man has 
has harmed a woman um, in the most violent ways, I know he was hurt in some way and mm-hmm. he does not have the tools or the emotional intelligence or bandwidth to communicate. I am hurt. I am scared. I am sad. Mm-hmm. And so what mm-hmm. happens is it then manifests itself in violence against that woman. And so it's not funny or cute to me mm-hmm. when men talk about how they don't cry or don't share. Mm-hmm. Or don't. Okay, yeah, somebody, you're going to be around the wrong people that are going to mishandle you morning, noon, and night. Men, women, you, you can't trust everybody with everything. But to just consciously decide that this is not anything I would ever do with any woman and right. more than likely it's informed from something 35 years ago, that's an illness. That's a problem. The men are unwell and unserious. I am applauding you, Eunice, because everything you just said was spot on, was spot on. You 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 went inside of my body, inside my soul, my mind, my emotions, and you spoke directly from me and the things that I've had to learn because I was that unhealed little boy that hurt women along the way because of that toxic masculinity, because I could not open up, because I could not share my emotions, because I could not share my feelings. When I was 15 years old, talk about this all the time, my first heartache, being at Jessica Lanier High School, the high school we went to, I was with a senior. I was dating a senior, big thing, big time, whatnot. I'm not going to say her name or whatnot, but she hurt me really bad. She hurt me. I mean, I didn't even realize she was hurting me. I got back to school. Uh, we went, we was together on Friday and by Monday we had broken up. I did not know we had broken up. The way I found out we had broken up is because I was walking down the hallway just in near high school and she was holding another boy's hands. She was holding his hands and it hurt me. And I saw the entire school see this and look at me. And from then on out, I got in my mind because I was hurt. I would never put myself in that position ever again. I would never share my emotions with this girl because on that Friday, I had told a woman, a girl for the first time, that I loved her. I opened up. I I mean, it was like Luther Vandross was playing. We was in the car. We was at the football game. We was making out or whatnot. It was the right time. And it felt like deep from my inner gut, my emotions, my feelings. I told this girl, I love you. And she looked at me and I say this in all sincerity. She looked at me like I had farted in her face, like, and walked out the car. And I didn't realize and that every woman that you have met ever since has been paying for what happened to you as a child in engaging with a child. Everyone was a child that no one was mature. No one knew how to engage and interact lovingly and caring, but, but that's still the, our own responsibilities. And so what's unfortunate as adults, big age adults, a lot of people haven't done the healing. And so for women trying to engage with men and, and, um, I'm somebody that, um, and I have conversations with my girlfriends. I have girlfriends that don't want to see a man cry. I don't mind seeing a man cry if something's sad or whatever. I think it's weird if you're not emotional, but I also know all, a lot of women don't feel that way. I know women who have sons who talk about the only way my son's allowed to cry is if it's at my funeral. I'm like, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a healthy. human thing to have emotions and to react. And so I know it's prevalent, but just like women can can have ingrained misogyny, just like black people can have ingrained racism, we have been raised in this culture and society that has done a number on all of us. And as much as we can know something might not be right, we still lead with that bad information. And so it broke my heart to see Shaq say that. It broke my heart for every woman he's ever spent time with. It breaks my heart for women all over the world. You know, I talk about being retired from dating because this is the men that I'm meeting is when you're there and you're sharing. And again, we all have been hurt. 
I would say more women have more heartbreaks on the record than men because once that man had that heartbreak at 15, oh, it wasn't even on the table. No oh, hold, hold, hold on, let me stop right there. So, 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 let me stop right there. So, when you said more women have heart, had more heartbreaks than men on the record, you're right because men won't put it on the record. Now, because when right. we get hurt before, we will never be able, and we don't have an outlet. A lot of times, well, you just I, said and, and you, not, wouldn't, you wouldn't put yourself in that position again. Though, I would, I would, no, 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 no. I said for for the longest time, I would not put myself in that position. That's why I went out and I was doing the things I was doing because in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to get you before you get me. You're not going to cheat on me before I cheat on you. That was my mindset, and at that time, I was hurting, I was crying, man. But there was nobody, no male counterpart I could go to and say, man, she hurt me. Women, a lot of times, if you hurt, man, fuck him, girl, fuck him, he ain't shit anyway, blah, 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 let's go eat some ice creams or whatever, blah, blah, they'll, you'll have, you'll have and, that And you know what? That's a 1975 reference, Mike. No, we no, I'm just saying, no, 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 whatever you do, whatever you guys do, you, 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 you watch movies, you watch Netflix, y'all cuddle with each other and all that type of stuff like that. We you literally have, have never called up with a girlfriend. No, you, I'm no not man. saying you. Come there on. are a lot of women that will cuddle. But, well, you know what I'm saying. You, you actually have a tribe. You actually have someone that you can actually run to of the same sex that will be there for you, that will understand because maybe they went through the same thing. For men, we hold that in and that is wrong. So you're, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything that you're saying. Maybe we don't have the same type of uh, references or the well, movie, I, right. movements that, that other people have, but we've seen other people have that. And like I said, it has a, it affected me for so many years, not making excuses. Once again, I always tell you, I don't make excuses for the things that I've done to women because of that. That was me not taking care of myself and not healing my unhealed version of myself to become a better person. It wasn't until I realized what I had done and how it had affected me since I was 15 years old by the age of 45, like you said, a big age, that this is where that stems from. And this is the reason why I went there that I started to get help. But even then, even then, the last time I cried in front of a woman. I was woman. I was like 47 years old. And this is right before I started getting help. I was going through some emotional stuff I didn't even realize. And so I tell you my book, I had a lot of emotions inside of me or whatever. And I was outside and the girl that I really liked, I teared up and she said, are you crying? And I'm like, yeah, she, and she said, give me a hug, gave her a hug. But guess what she did? She went back inside and told her best friend and one of my friends, oh, his bitch ass outside crying. Seriously, that made me want to just ball back up again. And here's the problem when, when you do that. And I'm not saying that it's wrong because like you said, you have some of your friends who won't allow a man to cry in similar. So I ask the women right now, if you want to see men get better, first of all, men got to take care of themselves. It's their responsibility to make sure that they put in the emotional work necessary because you're not responsible for their emotional labor. I get that. But if you want to help them and help a better society to get rid of some of this stuff that's out there when it comes to the men and the actions that the men have, not making it your responsibility. So please don't take this the wrong way. Please be more understanding. Just just like women have feelings and emotions and they got to let it out. Men have feelings and emotions. They got to let it out, too. And they need to have a safe outlet. And if that means my girl, I need to be able to let that out to my girl, because if I don't, I'm going to hold it in. And if I hold it in, guess what's going to come out? Toxic masculinity. So you don't want that. So what I'm saying is what Shaq is saying, what Country Wayne is saying, I pray that these brothers realize that, hey, if you're with this girl 
and she wants to throw it back in your face, then guess what? You're with the wrong fucking girl. You're with the wrong one. That's exactly it. And that's what I'm saying so many times. And men and women both do it. Someone uh, engages and interacts with us in a way that makes us change who we are. No, that just wasn't the person that was for you. And mm-hmm. so the reason why I retired is because this consistently I'm meeting men who were successful, who were big ages, but had not done any healing, had not done any work. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let them take me down to where they are. I've had my heart broken plenty of times. I've had plenty of disappointments and I take what I can learn from that. And so me and my girlfriends don't eat ice cream and cuddle, but we talk about what happened and you say, you know what? I see where I went wrong. I see how I made that okay. The first time when it mm-hmm. wasn't okay. And that's why we got to the fifth time. And so all I can do is say, what can I learn and how can I make this not a choice for me next time? I mm-hmm. retired because I never really enjoyed the process. I wasn't having fun dating. I never dated anybody who I was having a great time with. I just decided that, hey, I tend to not be heartbroken when these situations end. I tend to feel relieved. So maybe this is not something that I need to keep engaging with. And that's a whole nother topic for another day. The retirement of dating. I'm sure we'll get into that one day. But yeah, as far day. as I love that you can articulate your journey and there are so and you know and I know there are so many men who are holding on that hurt from a child that a child inflicted on them. And all of us have to take responsibility for how we engage as adults. No one has anything to do with how they were raised, right? But mm-hmm. you do have responsibility for how you move in the world as an adult. And we are all uh, the fabric. We All the threads are something that happened to us. And it's just wrong to then inflict pain on someone because someone inflicted pain on you. Amen. We're going to close out the shot. For, yeah. Well, it happens. <laughs> do you better. never know when that Trump. Yeah, yeah stop that. Let's go do to better. stop that. Stop, stop that. that. Time for one of my favorite segments segments of the show is stop that. Uh, I have a long list always, my entire life. I never had a platform to just tell people to stop doing stuff. Okay. So it, it kind of, um, I, I want people to stop doing a lot of stuff. We had a great <laughs> conversation with Bomani Jones about Deion Sanders, uh, a, a spirited conversation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want people to stop is projecting what you think and feel onto what other people are doing in their lives. We all mm-hmm. have a very individual journey. We all have different backgrounds, upbringings, thoughts, dreams, wishes, and hopes. And so when we see people living out whatever their dream is, it's a projection of how you feel, good, bad, and otherwise, when you take what they enjoy and you take it as a negative or you feel it's a negative. And I think the comments that we saw on the the Sanders boys buying their dad a mansion, that's their business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they put it out publicly. We have a right to comment. We have a right to feel. But when I consume things on the internet, it's a reflection of how I feel about myself. My feed, it was a Mm -hmm. reflection of how I feel about myself. So either I'm going to be informed, I'm going to be inspired, or I'm going to feel insecure. Guess what? I never feel insecure because I'm not an insecure person. But if you see somebody um, having a beautiful time and your response is, must be nice that you can have a beautiful time, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. that is a reflection of how you feel about your life. It's not a reflection about anything that person is doing. And so go find your good time. So when you see people having a good time, you say, oh, that's dope. Let me look into how I can do that. Oh, that's dope. I need to find more things that I enjoy versus, oh, must be nice. You can do that. And I can't stop that. Stop that. I like that. I was going to do something different for stop that, but you got me thinking right now. So stop asking people to do things that you wouldn't do for your damn self. Hmm. When it comes to, when it comes to uh, rights, when it comes to uh, social issues and all that type of stuff like that, we got so many people out there that's always saying, well, you are a public figure. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You should quit your job. You should stop doing this. You, you should not work for them or whatever. If you were in my shoes, you wouldn't do the same damn thing. 
So stop asking celebrities, public figures, or whoever it is, somebody who has some kind of platform, to stop doing things that if you were in that same position, that you wouldn't do. Stop when it comes to the Shiloh Sanders and Shador Sanders of the world or the Deion Sanders of the world, that if you're in that position and somebody gives you a mansion or you want to give somebody a mansion, I saw comments where they said, hey, they should give that money to charity. They probably do give a lot of money to charity. But are you giving two, three million dollars to charity? If you're making the money that they're making? No, you're probably not. Just because they're rich doesn't mean that they can't spend some money. Doesn't mean that they can't have a certain lifestyle. They work hard for that lifestyle and whatnot. I understand that there's a difference between the rich and the poor in this country. And we got to kind of come together to become, make it a little bit more socialist. I get that. I understand that because I, I have feelings for the people who don't have. Right? I'm very fortunate. I'm very happy that I have what I have. But stop trying to tell other people what to do or how to do it. If you yourself put in that same situation would not do it yourself. So stop that. And we never know what we would do in any situation until we have done there and been that. And then you'll start a podcast to talk about it. There you go. This is a fun episode, but Monty Jones, you know, that was my first time meeting him and interacting with him. I can't wait until he invites me onto his podcast to talk since he had like, I was just pulling stuff out of the sky. Oh, I knew that was going to get you. Oh, I knew you that I was going to get you. Know I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew it was going to come back. Up. I knew. When I heard that, I just, you should have seen my facial reaction. I was like, uh-oh. When he did like this, he started doing a hand movement, too. I'm like, oh, my God. Did you see oh, it? Did you see oh, it? I was like, damn, oh, I sure thought this was my podcast. I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, I, bro. I can't wait to be we, invited Let me tell you something. We eight episodes <laughs> in. I've already felt the wrath with seven episodes. Believe me, Bomani. I should have told him. Should have called him. Let him know. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. Just do it. Uh, let's continue to uh, support the podcast. Please uh, subscribe, like, make your comments, whatnot. Uh, the Done There Been That podcast, wherever podcasts are bought, sold, or whatever you get them, however you get them. And please continue to support the YouTube page, Done There Been That podcast. We continue to grow on subscribers. And we need to continue to do that so we can keep this thing uh, on the air and keep it bringing it to you. So, once again, thanks for all the help, all the comments, all the love, all the support. And thank you, Eunice, for making it another outstanding episode. Likewise, Mike, right back at you. I'll see you next week. Uh, We will see you next week on the Done There Been That podcast. Peace. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.